Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. If I, if I don't think if I think righteousness is earned and not imputed, then I've got a claim. I've 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 earned twenty percent of the way there, and God's the other eighty percent. I've earned eighty percent of the way, and God's I need to offer that last twenty percent. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. God filled the gap for the twenty percent I couldn't do myself, but I did get eighty percent of the way there myself. You know, right? I'm not like He loved me. Yeah, He helped out. That was nice. But I was doing pretty yeah. well on my own. I mean, so this when you say I am a zero and God did it all, that's the that's why. In the first half, he's mentioned the word gospel, gospel, gospel you're talking about, right? And yeah. and here again. So, Well, let's talk about what happened here with Peter. Yeah. Well, yeah. What that, you, and what, and what do you in think line about with that? the gospel. Well, so, uh, um, well, this notion of being in line with the gospel. So, uh, and here again, I'll, like, like I said before, all the great thoughts, any, any thought that great spiritual thought comes from, that I have comes from Keller. Because Keller really has illuminated and preached on this passage about in line with the gospel. And the notion is that there's one thing to live in line with the gospel, and it's easy to fall off either side of that, it being either religious or irreligious, being either so you either say, I've got to keep all the law, you know, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, or there really is no law. I mean, you're religious and I can just do whatever I want, right? right. It's, uh, and, um, and Peter and the was following third which way. way. He was uh, falling into the law, the lucky, the law side, the religious side. I've got to yeah. do these, these things. And 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 um, when Keller talks about this, he says he could have come to Peter and say, "Stop! You're you're being racist. You're, you're being exclusive. You just don't stop it. Just stop it. Don't do yeah. it." And he doesn't say you're, you're a sinner. You know, shape up and don't do it. And he says, "No, you're not." He, he, he the approach is, you're you're not in living in line with the gospel, which is acting like someone who is a redeemed sinner, acting like someone who says. I've, I'm completely lost. I have no merit of my own, and I'm trusting him totally for my salvation. You're not acting like someone like that. You're drifting off, like we all do, to one line, one side or the other. Mm. And you've got a great. You do your your illustration. You do with the three crosses that kind of take capsulizes this kind of thought, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's and it's totally inspired by uh, Tim Keller as well. Um, the idea that. And I think Keller has actually said this in some sermon that, you know, just like Jesus was crucified between two thieves, there's two thieves of the gospel, the one on one side, one on the other side, which you just talked about. Um, the thief of like, all right, I'm saved by faith, by grace, and I can live however I want. Eat, right. drink, be married, just, you know, li live for self. I'm forgiven, you know which obviously that's wrong, but then right. the other one is to, to fall into legalism and, um, you know, that I, I have to do all these, I have to follow all these rules or, or else God doesn't, you know, God won't accept me. Yeah. And both those are, you know, falling out of line with the gospel, which, um, I, yeah, I just love that. I love that when I saw he was not acting in line with the truth of the gospel he was not behaving that that is pretty that is pretty interesting 
Um, yeah, and I think about it in your own life. How can we act more in line with the gospel? How can we people that say, I'm a justified sinner, right? And not maybe I'm, I'm just, you know, wagging my finger at someone else saying they need to shape up or wagging my finger at myself saying I need to shape up. And also not falling into license saying, well, you know, God forgives everything, so it's not that bad. I can just keep on sinning. Right. Yeah. Either way, I'm not in line with the gospel. Right. And that, that by the way, to be fair to other uh, church fathers, Keller, when he preaches on that, is quoting Tertullian, the early church father. That mm. that phrase about, you know, Jesus the Christ. Thieves. Yeah. The thing about yeah, the, the thieves, thieves of the gospel. Right. That's from Tertullian. So it's, it's we we're very early church fathers. So it's a ancient uh, or a thought, early Christian thought, that the gospel has, uh, can be taken away uh, by either legalism or license. The the idea that I have license to do whatever I want. Yeah. I mean, verse 16 is like a key verse in this section. Cornerstone verse. It, it's, that is... it's probably maybe one of the key verses of the whole book. Or the Bible. Um, or the whole Bible. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So Amen. we too have put our faith in, in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. I mean, he he really just kind of hammers it home there. He does. And I think that, so the interesting thing is, I think some of the the people that came in to spy on him, right? we were talking about the Judaizers said, well, look at that and say, right, right. You always justified by works of the law. You, you bet, you bet. Jesus justified you now. Now that you're justified, you got a lot of work to do. You know, start climbing the ladder of righteousness. You got to, yes, you got his imputed righteousness to be saved to get in, but you know, you've got to get your own righteousness. It's all on your shoulders to get earn some righteousness to get to improve your standing with God. Right? He it's like he it's as if Christianity like wiped that away, you know, and gave you a clean slate. So uh now uh you could re a, a fresh start, a fresh start, right? And now it's all, all on you. And um, you know, the rest of Galatians, Romans, so many other passages, I think he's saying your your standing from God is is one hundred percent from Him. Your standing is not just for justification, and then you've got another set of a sense of standing in which you've got to earn your own righteousness, right? Um, it's yeah. you're justified wholly. I mean, justified in front of God is to, is to say. You're standing in front of him. The way the way he looks at you is purely based on the righteousness Christ gives to you, not partly from Christ's righteousness and partly of your own righteousness. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, in that verse, verse 16 talks about justification, mm -hmm. which is very much like linked to salvation, right? But that's what right. I love about verse 20, because 20 kind of talks about sanctification. Right. Because he's like, okay, so now I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He's talking about living the Christian life. Christ lives in me. The life yeah, I right. now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who Not by my own me. hard work and effort. Not by my own righteousness and my own works. I live by faith in the Son. Great point, Craig. You're exactly right. Really great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, because, yeah. you know, somebody could somebody could read the book of Galatians and basically just say, yeah, he's Paul's just, he's just saying, he. It, this is all about salvation. 
It's all about right. salvation. It's right. He's just clarifying that salvation is by grace. It's not by works. But it, no, it's more than that. He's saying that not only is salvation by grace and not by works, but sanctification is by grace and not right. by works. Yeah, it's interesting when Keller preaches on this, he talks about verse 17, when Peter, when Paul is talking to Peter, and by the way, you know how I always say Paul's one of the top five Christians who ever lived? Um, yeah. Keller says if you look at Peter and Paul, they're, they're like numbers one and two. You know? Oh, really? And yeah, he said like, people would say like, if, between Peter and Paul, you have, the, the, you know, he said you can't take, put Jesus as number one because you can't really call Jesus a Christian. So take him out of the running for a second. Now you have, who's next? Probably Peter and Paul. And they're looking at each other. And this is this is Paul talking to Peter. And he says in verse 17, so it's in quotes, right? He says, but if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners. Doesn't that mean that Christ promotes, promotes sin? Absolutely not. He's saying even us. We're seeking to be justified in Christ, right? And we're still sinners. We're still sinners. In our present flesh, in our present state, we, you and I, you and I, Peter, right? Numbers numbers one and two. You debate which is one, which is two, right? But between us, we're still sinners. We're still seeking to be justified in Christ, right? Because every time we do good works, there's always mixed motives. There's We never have a pure That's motive. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. That's what I the mean, Sermon on the Mount is all about. Like you, you can do all these great things, but you've got, you got to take your intent of your heart and motives of your heart into account as well. Everything's tainted. Yeah. That's why, um, you know, one of the things I've been, you know, Keller in one of his sermons talks about the difference between obeying the law, keeping the law, keeping, he's like, keeping the law is good. He's like, we should keep the law because, but as, but there's a difference between keeping the law and oh and relying on the law. Relying yeah. on the law is like that it becomes our functional savior, our yeah, right. You know, where it, as we as we live for Christ, as Christ lives in us, we will keep the law. Yes. Um, you know, but but we're not keeping the law to um you know, so, we're not keeping the law to change our standing with him. Yes. Keeping the law is not the point of the Christian life. It's the result of the Christian life. I'm already saved, right? I'm saved by what he did for me. I, I, his imputed righteousness, he declared me righteous because of what Christ did, not because of one thing I did, not at all. Zero contribution to it, right? And as a result, I want to keep those commandments. Tell me what the commandments are. If, I, if I'm sitting there debating the commandments, Greg, well, I like this one, but I don't like that one. You know, I, I should be saying he loved me and gave himself for me I, out of sheer gratitude. You tell, tell me more of I want to keep those things right. How to help me? Let's 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 talk together. How do we? How do I follow him more closely? Right. Yeah. So, what do you think? How do you think the Apostle Paul? What was his attitude towards the law? Like, did he want it? In other words, did he? Did he? Did he say we should just forget the Ten Commandments? We have no. Jesus. We don't. We don't need the commandments anymore. No, and I think that this would be great because as you and I keep doing these podcasts one chapter at a time, a lot of that comes up in chapters four, five, and six. So, so the second we'll half, we, we'll get there. We'll get there. Save that question. Let me make it a cliffhanger because because we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll we'll get there. So if we say, well, if it's all by faith, what should, how do I live the Christian life? What should I be doing? How do I fulfill the law of Christ? Yeah. 
What do you think of verse 21? I do not set aside the grace of God for you righteousness know, could be gained through the law. Christ died for nothing. not to go off on a big tangent, but I, I really think of the Augustinian Pelagian debate uh, whenever I read this. So I'll make it real quick because I think you and I have talked about it before, but around 500 years after Christ, there was a British monk named Pelagius who uh, started teaching that, you know, you, you could, you, you, you could be righteous in the flesh. You just need to make better choices. And he was someone who supposedly never had a wild side and never had a wild youth or anything like that. Always was a very good person, very good person. And he just said, be like me, you know, just, and, and in fact, he went so far as to say, if you do it right, you don't really even need the cross. I mean, the cross is for sinners, but if you just really work at this, you could be really righteous. You don't really need salvation. And Augustine, thankfully for all of us, lived at the same time. He was a horrible sinner before he became Christian, totally understood the grace of God. And Pelagius came to Rome and started teaching this. And Augustine met him head on and said, absolutely not. We are totally depraved. We are lost in our sins. We have nothing to contribute to our salvation. There's no way. And and um, and the church actually met together in two great councils, Council of Ephesus, Council of Orange, and said, yep, we absolutely confirm uh, Augustine's teaching on this and reject what Pelagius is teaching. And uh, and what they should have done is quote, just quote verse 21 to Pelagius, right? Because this, this is the absolute complete refutation I'm sure they did. I'm sure it wasn't lost on the early church fathers to, to to understand this and say, I do not set aside the grace of God. If righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing, right? Um, you're just making it like every other religion. Be good, and God will bless you. Climb the ladder of all righteousness and holiness, like every religion. And, and thankfully for us, the, the uh, Augustine saw it correctly, and the church recognized that. What do you think was going through Pelagius's mind when he laid his laid his head down at night by himself? You think I he, thank you, Lord, that I'm not like those other people that are trying so hard <laughs> and can't can't be as you know. I I think you know, like the like the um, Pharisee, the tax collector. What is that, Luke? I thank yeah. you, Lord, that I'm not like that guy over there. You know that I've done well today, and I'll do even better tomorrow. I mean, don't you think? Don't you wonder if he if he um, I mean, was he really um, so deceived that he could be good enough, or did he have those moments of like, yeah, I'm, I'm being, I'm living a good life, but boy, you know, um, was he aware? Was he aware of his sinfulness or not? Supposedly, supposedly not. Look, the limited study I've done, basically, the people say like he actually was a really decent person. Like he was, you know, he's a, he a good person. You don't look at him and say, "Oh, come on, you're sleeping around and you're gambling and you're smoking or, or, or you know, obvious sins like like you know, licentiousness or yeah." But in his thoughts, or, in his thoughts, you know, who know, who know, I, I think you and I know the the real answer is in his thoughts. Um, he's filled with sin. So this is like, um. Paul talking about it when Paul talks about uh, the uh, commandment against coveting. Where is that? Where he says that that came along and killed me. I think it's Romans think, seven. Yeah, I think it is. He says I kept all the other commandments, but that commandment deals with the heart. And then you realize I can't control my heart. Yeah, I can't control my heart. Right. That's, that's, that's why I'm saying, like, when he was like alone with his own thoughts, 
Right. Did he not recognize that all the reasons he was trying to be good were tainted by even motives? Look, it's so counterproductive. Even if you did it, you'd say, yeah, the reason I'm doing it is to feel like I, I, I've earned my own righteousness. God should bless me. I, it makes you filled with pride. But but supposedly not. You did not have that self-awareness to break down and say, I am, I'm a sinner that needs grace and needs salvation. I, you know, um, Augustine did. Augustine did. And the church did. You should read it. The, the writing of the church when it got together and right, she published these things, the, the, the writings they come out with are just so great. They're like mm -hmm. every, even, for example, almost like even the saints, the people we revere as the greatest Christians ever, needed constantly, every day, the divine help. Mm -hmm. they, Everything good that any we 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 will esteem people that did great things, but they, they needed God's help every day for everything. They needed grace for everything. There's none righteous, no, not one. It's all by Him and all by His grace. So uh, I, it, it, it hard in mind. I don't know what it is. I mean, I think that there's plenty of the, the parable of the Pharisee and tax collector is talking about self righteousness. But if you don't get the gospel, then you you inevitably end up there. You say, I, if you attribute some of it to yourself, you say. You know, I've heard some standing before God, uh, and, and and it chips away at your own dependency on Him. You're not you're not astonished like Paul. You're not shouting out who loved me and gave Himself for me. You're not. You know, if you think you're a two out of ten, you say, "Well, at least I got two, right? Yeah, and I earned something, right? I get credit for that, right? And you're just a little less grateful, <laughs> and so you're a little less." life likely and you're a little less motivated to actually keep the law because you're a little less grateful mm. right you just chipped away at the actual thing that's supposed to motivate you to keep the law which is gratitude you know when i read when i read this um as i just meditate on you know galatians 2 20 i just keep picturing that diagram of the of uh what i i call it the gospel driven life yeah that um where there's, you start off, you know, there's the awareness of God's holiness is one line that kind of goes up and then the awareness of your sinfulness and the cross fills that gap. But then um, as you progress in the Christian life, your awareness of God's holiness continues to grow and your awareness of your sinfulness continues to grow. And so the cross needs to get bigger and the cross yeah. needs to get bigger. And when I, when I read this, you know, the life I live, I live by the by faith in the Son of God in Jesus. He's pointing to Jesus and, and you know, who loved me and gave himself for me. It's like that needs to, you know, keep becoming greater um, as you progress. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty cool. I think there was one thing you pointed out that I, the new insight for me this whole talk today, like it, like that, that Galatians 2.20, he's talking about living his Christian life, this, this sanctification, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, not by my hard work and effort, not by trying to pursue, not by, you know, it's not works-driven sanctification. I live my life now my, by, by faith. Faith but in the, the Son of God. It's, it's right. What, what, what he is your did. faith in? What are you relying on? Are you relying right. on law? Is it faith in the law? I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus, trusting only thee, right? Only you for my standing before God, not 
you for starting me out and then me for the rest of it. So, but then the fight, the tension, like in verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God. And the tension he had earlier in the first half of the chapter when he's fighting against these um, the spies, he calls them, that came in, right? The, the fight he's fighting, it's not like, just like, I'm fighting the good fight to not be a sinner. I'm fighting the good fight to keep the Ten Commandments. I'm fighting the good fight to climb the mountain of self-righteousness. I'm fighting the fight not to slip back into that. I'm fighting the fight to stay with the gospel. I'm fighting the fight to stay in line with the gospel, mm. right? And not slip off either side. <laughs> And not right. slip off into license legalism or license. I'm the fight. The fight I'm fighting is to stay in line with the gospel, and that's yeah. I hadn't seen that before. Yeah, this podcast tonight. I don't think I really saw that in Galatians two. And think about Galatians two twenty. The Judaizers, if they wrote it, you know, they would say, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now, I live by relying on the law you know that's re right relying on you know the jewish law or something right my uh, effort to keep the law that god gave to me instead of saying i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me right right yeah yeah and huge contrast absolutely and it's a struggle it's so applicable today right i mean it hasn't changed um, because the default setting of the human heart is so much towards self-justification. That's right. Works righteousness. There's, there's, it's just, our, we're so bent towards, we want Jesus plus. We want to say, yeah, Jesus, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Plus, I work really hard at being a good Christian. Right. Um, we, you know, it's like we, we just feel that like that there has to be, we have A to place. be able to, yeah, there, ha there has to be something. Yeah. There should to be a place for all my good works, all the good things I've done. I mean, to come to Jesus, you have to come with nothing, but the problem is it's so hard to come with nothing. <laughs> there you go. Right. That is, that's a really good point to come to Jesus. You have to come with nothing. That's all you need. You need nothing. Just, just believe. Just look. Okay. So yeah. to grow in Jesus, you have to you have to come with nothing, or you have to. You're still yeah. To, to grow in Jesus, you're still saying I. Yes, I am just fixing my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith, right? Who loved me, and gave himself for me. And I'm fixing my eyes on what you did and what you gave to me, right? My attention is never diverted to my own performance in the flesh and how well I'm, I'm living up to this. I want to do those things. I want to do those things. I feel the to you, but my focus is always on you. That's why in the diagram you're talking about the lines diverge, the cross keeps getting bigger and bigger, and bigger, and bigger. It's always about Jesus all the time. Yeah. He must you know? become more and we must become less. He must increase. I must decrease. Thanks for listening to this episode of the gospel addict podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospel addict podcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode, and remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace, and on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.